If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi. It's an early morning CU podcast for Tuesday, July 16th, 2019, alongside Lucky Ian Ferguson. That's me. I'm palpable Pat Contry. We're talking about lots of fun stuff happening in the past week. The Turbo Graphics Mini uh, lineup revealed. The PlayStation Classics getting thrown into dumpsters. GameStop renovations. Shemu 3 drama. And more. And a Patreon poll topic. Ian, you had a... Uh, you had a, an arrival. Real quick, real quick. Comic-Con, reminder, this weekend, you know I'll be walking around having fun. Uh, if you want to come out and see the ABGM panel, it's Saturday at 5 p.m. Check your local listings for locations at the library downtown. And we should shout out the uh, Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. I told some people I would do so in the intro because uh, they had not heard of it and they are from New York City. So oh, okay. Let's just make sure... Well, Ian, do you have the information on you to shout it out? Nope, I'm just uh, oh, that's good, I'm just Ian. saying it right now. <laughs> and we're going to be there August 10th and 11th. Go to expo.liretro.com for tickets and information. We've been mentioning every podcast. They're not listening to the podcast. Hey, I'm just keeping they, it up. Are they cutting out on the podcast? They're not, they're not sticking with I us? I told them to make sure to watch the intro this week. And there he was like, oh, you know, we just usually pick and choose the clips. And I said, well, watch the intro. I will make sure I so put it in the intro. So it's their fault, not ours. Because we mentioned... Oh, it's not our fault, but okay. I'm just saying let's cover the bases. Let's make sure everyone knows. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tailoring my podcast to people that... That you uh, that you associate with that don't bother to listen to the whole thing, Ian. I don't they, know who they are. They're customers. They're not people I associate with. Well, then that's even worse. Well, then. then you're actively shooting down additional guests. Are they going to fly out to there? No, they live in New York. Then how come they were here? They're on vacation? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, welcome one and all to Long Island. I'm also going to be at uh, Long Island, excuse me, uh, Missouri Game Con on August 3rd. You can go to mogamecon.com for more information. I'll be there with Norm the Gaming Historian, my ex-roommate, Norm the Gaming Historian, as well, uh, there. Um, so, uh, Ian, you had a you had an arcade cabinet arrive, like like a stork delivering a baby. I did. Uh, I totally did not know this happened or forgot about it. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, cabinet's arriving. Totally just forgot about it. No, I, I've no. told you plenty you of times. No, you never, you never, I thought you were getting a consoleized sort of jamma kit. I didn't think you were getting a whole arcade cabinet for no. your, for your uh, vendetta you're on. I don't know why you would think I would get something more complex and confusing than an arcade cabinet when I never told you what I was getting. You did tell me back then about getting some, a mock-up to play uh, Mr. Drill. You explain this. To, to the audience no 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 uh, there's there's some secrets that need to be kept for right now you already revealed it in past podcasts yeah, but many people go back it. to the archive to to last uh the last what september yeah thereabouts was it september or the year before that was it a year and a half or, or this it was past september it? it was this past september okay because it was, it was, it was after right? no it was after um the most recent uh what event was gaming it? expo uh game on expo it was game on, not yeah. Rushpalooza. That's right. You haven't been to Rushpalooza yet. Um, it was. It was okay. Okay. I've got some work to do. Well, you already tweeted it. Yep. 
Got some work. You got some work to do. Yeah. We'll, 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 and we'll get a jam a multi-board in there, too, for fun. We'll actually play Final Fight on, on the cabinet. That'll be good. That's that's what I'm going that'll take, for. That'll take me after. back to gra- ground round days when I first played it. Okay. And then that was the first 50-cent game I ever saw that wasn't uh, Dragon's Lair. And I thought it was broken because every other quarter wouldn't work. I didn't realize it was. I was like, I was nine. So, I, so the quarters get plugged in, and I was like, what's going on? That's the first time I played it, ground round. Oh, I see. So you're like, oh, it ate that quarter. Ate that Let's quarter. Use another another. One. Oh, now it worked. <laughs> How's Powell's nine-year-old packing and out uh, that? It was brand new. Like It was like that summer or yeah, of 89 uh, is when I first played yeah. it. And uh, it was amazing. It's, it's one of the best beat-em-ups. It aged well. It did. It aged incredibly well. Uh, book update. Update. Get my get my trench coat on. God, I love rubber stack. Um, this will be the last weekend you can... Not that you can pre-order it entirely. That'd be a really weird marketing campaign. The last weekend you can uh, order it, pre-order it, and get your name in the back of the book. I have to lock it down uh, in the next couple weeks before it goes to printer. So, so go to ultimatesnes.com. You can pre-order there. And your name will be put in the back of the book. And blazing forever, once we're all gone, and worm food. So I don't think it's really a thing. I looked it up. That's why they embalm you, so you don't become worm food. The worms don't like that. It's not, it doesn't taste good. World Series of Poker, Ian, is going on. The main event. I like I like Texas Hold'em. Uh, I think it's a goal of mine, a life goal, to actually participate in the World Series of Poker main event, even though it's $10,000 to enter. If I you thought don't. it was the World Series of Pancakes. The pancakes? That's a whole other event, Ian. You want to get into that one? You want your flipping skills? The best blueberry pancake? <laughs> There's like categories for pancakes. Oh God, I truffle I, chip. I want some blueberry pancakes. You ever go to the you go to the Waffle House? Not the not the Waffle House, but it's a, the one local in Point Loma there. The one. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right before you Pacific Highway. Perry's. Perry's. Yeah. No, no, not Perry's. Oh, no. Other side of town, near Midway, off and the end of Midway, before you literally get on uh, Pacific Highway. Oh, no, no, I have not. You have not. Wow. Okay. It's called oh, it's Country Waffles. That's what it's called. It's really good. I need to go. Yes, you do. It's, it does have the lines that Perry has. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll treat you to one, one post-podcast morning brunch. Maybe if you're nice to me. Anyway, so World Series of Poker is going on. They're down in the final three. Um, it's always a fun event. But the reason I want to talk about that is because... Uh, uh, we've been asked to talk about, we'll just mention it, about uh, an artificial intelligence for the first time beating humans at a multi-handed poker, six-handed poker. Computer AI beat humans, I think over like 10,000 hands, um, which is significant because that's scary AI Yeah, to do that. And it beats the world's best players. I think it was over five or 10,000 hands. They don't just do like, oh, one, like it's over a lot of hands to make sure. Um so this is uh let's see, this is interesting because this is not if people don't know about poker this isn't like chess or playing Othello where everything's laid out on a board and a computer can logically know what the next move is and predict it and go. Poker you can't do that. Poker you have to there there is an element of randomness and luck involved in poker, but you have to know look at patterns and how people play, betting patterns when the bluff. So the fact that an AI could do all that against professional world-class players and pick up on patterns, know when to bluff, when to bet, and still come out ahead is... That's scary AI. That's like... Sure. So, and how could you apply that to video games if possible? Uh, you'd have... You know, AI would run you off the battlefield at that point, probably. Like That's like... We're talking about being able to really adapt to patterns and behavior in a way that we probably haven't seen before. This isn't, this isn't a chess AI. Chess AI is primitive compared to this. 
you know this takes uh, all human elements and chance into into account um so that's all i'm going to say the apocalypse is upon us uh closer and closer everyone's warnings about ai is gonna be bad like there's really like not that it's gonna be terminator stuff but it can be bad <laughs> i'm just saying well, if you take but, that poker AI, make but, it weird, and then put it in like one of those Boston Dynamics robots that you know, oh, the ones that can like do parkour moves, <laughs> yeah, and can, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Fall over, yeah, yeah. Um, but the good news is that the AI, these AIs are also like solving complex problems as well. You you see those commercials on TV. Uh, hopefully, it's not just for for uh, you know PR. So, oh, we're discovering new new beer t- uh, flavors easily, and they're figuring out you know how to how to solve climate change issues and things and plugging them in so anyways i just thought that was interesting it's not worth the whole topic but it was interesting that um that that's that's a that's game changing uh ai uh there um and then of course ian being that we record once a week we're still behind the news the switch light yes was was uh, announced uh great games less filling the switch light so what are your thoughts on the switch light we knew it was coming then it was quiet and then people were saying it's not coming and then E3, then not. So, so uh, what are your thoughts on the Switch Lite? You want to run, run down the features first? Um, yeah, let's run down the features. So, it's going to have better battery life. About, uh, what was it, 30-40% better battery life? Yep, 30-40% better battery life. No detachable Joy-Cons. Smaller. Smaller, lighter. Um, no, no, no HD rumble. No HD rumble. None of the, none of the Joy-Con bell, bells and whistles because you can't remove them. Right. Remove them anyway. But there's no rumble. That's the big one. And you can't it. dock it. Can't dock it, and there's no kickstand. Um, the price is going to be two hundred. That's going to be is the initial, three different colors. Initial price point, and then yeah, three colors. There's like a to yellow. start. There's, I'm sure there'll be more. There's that what, aqua teal blue. Yeah, there's like a, a teal, um, a yellow, and a gray. Oh, it's twenty to thirty percent better better light because the touch screen is five point five versus six point two. Ah, pat math. That's about well ten percent, fifteen percent smaller. Um, I think it looks nice, and uh, if you go back through the podcasts, I, I mean, this was one of my first guesses in terms of proper D pad. Yeah, proper D pad. That's a big one. Um, this was like my first guess as to what they were going to do next with the switch. I didn't know, and and then they did, and I don't find it super exciting. Um, my big problem, I think, with it is how stupid Nintendo makes transferring games and sharing games between systems. Okay. Um, I have to look into that more. If that's something they figure out before it gets released, then I'm interested because, you know, I love portables. I use portables mostly, and I'd love a little Switch to take with me, but it's not going to replace my current Switch. So if it's not going to replace my current Switch, if it's going to be a pain in the ass, I'm not interested. I thought Doug Bowser in an interview... um, said something about figuring out that you know games are locked in your account but it'll it can transfer over for digital we're talking about sure um that would make sense to be able to do that it would if not then you're starting from scratch on digital purchases and no one would do that it'd be a waste of time i just you know with a sony account like a, a psn account i think you can have that active on uh, three or four different devices. So if you had yeah. a PlayStation 4 in the living room, say, and then one in your kid's bedroom, something like that, you could share all the games easily. They could just be downloaded on both. Um, hopefully that's something that eventually becomes possible with this. It's Because especially with the Switch, you, you now have a hybrid console that has a only portable version. So 
I don't see a lot of people using this to replace their current Switches. Do you see what I'm saying? So being able to share those games or have them on the go is a pretty big deal, I would think. No, I, I tweeted out, this is for three people. It's for people that have a Switch and want a portable one. It's for people that have a kid and want a kid to have a, a nice handheld and Switch. And $200 is a great jumping in point for a very powerful handheld. And then, Or it, it's for people that just want to give it a chance to want to spend $300. Sure. If I if I if I already had a PS4 or an Xbox One, it's like oh I want to play Breath of the Wild, but maybe three hundred dollars is too much. But I can play it for two hundred, even though it'll be hard to find those little seeds without the rumble, right? That's actually so, yes. <laughs> but you can still play. It. I think there's only what three or four games you cannot play. Um, I think with the handheld, you can, and, but you can still pair Joy Cons. That's the good news. So when you say when people are like oh you know you. you um, it's, nothing's attachable, blah, blah, blah. It's still a party system. If you take it out with you, you can still lean it up against something since they got rid of the kickstand, which I think was the one thing I would have kept because it's cheap. And you can still have four-player action on a 5.5-inch screen, so it's not terrible. But for people that were saying, well, why is why is the, the Joy-Cons not detachable? <laughs> well, why is there no TV output? Because it's a different product. Yeah. Get the original product if you want that stuff. That was the whole point is to give you flexibility. That was the whole point of having this product be separate than the original Switch. Like, when I saw some people say that, I was like, are, "This is are you insane? Like that's the reason why it's a totally separate product and why it's, it costs, uh, you know, a, it's a third of the price. Not a third of the price. Pat me up. It's two thirds of the price. Well, it's I, a third less. I think what remains to be seen and people are skeptical about uh, with Nintendo is usually Nintendo likes <sighs> to release things and be like, well, no, this is going to exist alongside and then... It doesn't. They get rid of... What are they going to get rid of? They're not going to get rid of the original Switch. What do you mean? Well, I think people are afraid that that's the direction it's going to go in. Oh, no. Not with the ecosystem. They, 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 they can't get rid of playing on a TV when a lot of people do that. They can't do that. That's that's built into the Switch. People are saying, well, the name the name doesn't mean anything anymore. It's the brand. You can't switch it, but it's a Switch Lite. Who cares? It's a brand. It's a brand name. It's not, it doesn't have to have the, the direct meaning anymore. The pros are no. Apply. The brand has been applied. The brand yes. is, I mean, and the brand it works. It's mm-hmm. a success. Not like the Wii U it was a failure. And the pros going to probably come next year sometime. It'll be three years in, three and a half years. A great time to upgrade if, if you know, if they're going to do it then. And it'll be right when the PS5 and Xbox whatever comes out. Scorpion, Deathblow console, 580pk console. You know what I mean? So it's it's a good timing for it. If I didn't have a Switch, I would probably go for go for this. If I didn't have one before, because yeah. a lot of times, even with the TV, a big TV in front of me, I'll just play like this. I will on the, on my couch. It just feels more relaxing to do it. Not that, you, not that, but it's not that the original Switch is too bulky. But yeah, having a smaller form slightly will be okay uh, with it. So yeah, there's only what there's, there's like a handful of games that won't be compatible with this uh, from the get go, like one two Switch, for, which requires the. Yeah. You know the rumble functionality, but is anyone playing that at this point? I don't. No one was playing it when it came out. It's cute. It should have been a packing game, but the, you know, games that don't work with Switch Lite, Switch Lite. Let's see. Is there a list they got of them? What games are affected? Let's see. What we got? Uh, Super Mario Party. Okay. Well, you can probably play with multiple players though. Let's see, unless the you need Rumble on it, though. You won't. So Super Mario Party 1-2 Switch is affected. Labo is not compatible with it. People aren't going to care about that. Uh, arms, because you need detachable Joy-Cons. Um, and Fitness Boxing. That's Sleeper Hit. Oh, and Just Dance, obviously, because you got to wave around. Yeah. 
Well, for some of this, you can just get the Joy-Cons and pair them. Jackbox Party Games, Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, creating levels in Mario Maker 2 in dock mode is hardly the recommended way to do so, which makes the Switch limitations work in its favor. Yeah, because you're working off one screen, not two. Uh, I, I get that. Or it's a smaller screen, I should say. And local multiplayer games. So, uh, are many games even using the Rumble that much? No. So, that's really the main thing that affects this. Anyway. I guess you can just dance with two two of them in two hands, two switch lights. Oh, that was, what was the announcement I saw last week or a couple weeks ago. They're, they're still coming out with Just Dance for a Wii. Yeah. It's going to be a 2020 edition. I have no idea, but 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they announced that at. That's fantastic. They announced that at E3. They're selling enough. People are still dusting off their Wiis and, and doing dance parties. Like, But when I first moved, moved to San Diego, people were playing Wii at parties. It was cool. How about here? A glass of wine and watch an idiot uh, jump around to aha. In the living room. That actually happened back in 2009, 10. The early Pat San Diego days. I was still trying to define my Southern California identity. I was chameleon then. <laughs> right? The beard for a while? Mm-hmm. Like, it, didn't yeah, it didn't work out. The beard worked out the other times, not the first time. The second and third times the beard worked out. So, wait, so. Moving on. Oh, we forgot. There's going to be a, a Pokemon edition of the of the Switch Lite, and they'll probably do a fucking 40 other versions of it. Yeah. You know, they'll do the same thing. All right, we're going to move on? Yes. All right, Ian, Pat. You know I have a fondness for the TurboGrafx-16. No, I had no idea. I did a YouTube video about it. I I've wanted... never even played one. I definitely don't no. know about the PC Engine. Uh, I, I I might have won one in a contest in my local paper, in the Star Ledger. So the TurboGrafx Mini slash PC Mini gets announced. We now have a game lineup. It's f- technically fifty games, even though there's there's overlap. I think it's about forty six games that are that are unique. There's there's about half. 24 that are English version and 26 that are Japanese PC Engine versions, even though a, a chunk of those games have no language barrier in them. But they do have, well, some do, some don't. Only a handful have a land. Yeah. Five or six. But some of those, there's crossover that you get both. One, particularly, you don't, which is the big one. Um, so we have a list. Let's run through the list, Ian. On the surface, I think this is a fine list with only a few standouts, I think, that are disappointing that aren't there. We've got Alien Crush, Victory Run, Blazing Lasers, Newtopia, Dungeon Explorer, R-Type, Moto Rotor, Power Golf, Easebook 1 and 2, Ninja Spirit, JJ and Jeff, Space Harrier, Military Madness, Chu Man Fu, Psychosis, Bonk's Revenge, Parasol Stars, Kadash, New Adventure Island, Air Zonk, Newtopia 2, Soldier Blade, Lords of Thunder, and Bomberman 93. And that's, that's the U.S. side. U.S. version side. Well, so, yes. Well, it's all on everything. Yeah, but that's the what we get. They marketed this as yeah. weird. Because they marketed this with, with different videos saying, here's the 24 games on the, on the Trogramps MIDI, plus 26 other games. And then for the PC Engine video, here's 26 games, plus 24 others. It was really what, strange marketing. What they're marketing. trying to say is basically you get both sets with the system making it but sound like a deal. You, but if You only need one video. Um, but, well, <clears throat> true. And the other thing is... Um, they're trying to make it sound better than it is. Most of these systems come with 40 games on them. Sure. So trying to be like, you get two sets of games, but in reality it's... Like 46-ish? It, it, it's slightly more than you would usually get, but yeah, it's not... I mean, it's 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 not huge. Yeah, because... because uh, Let's see. Uh, yeah, Ease, a book one and two, you get them for both Japanese and English. Um, the same with... Uh, 
there's like was it there's like three or four games you do that with uh, I think it's Newtopia is it Newtopia one of them Newtopia two Newtopia two is on both but not Newtopia one oh, but, oh yeah both of those are so four games so it's like okay. four yeah so the Ease games Ease and Newtopia games are on are on both all right let's go through the uh, the PC Engine titles Ian. The Kung Fu. China Warrior. Yep, which is China Warrior. You don't need English for that. Necromancer, the RPG with uh, Geiger artwork on it that everyone has two copies of. Uh, Fantasy Zone. Everyone has two copies of. What do you mean? It's the game that you just always find laying around because it looks cool, but it's got a huge language barrier. So my theory is that everyone's bought it. And gotcha. No, and it's one. just laying around. All right, so that's one, one that you can't play in, in, if you don't know English. Fantasy Zone. A pirate gate ball. Uh, you that? should be. That's a uh, croquet. Oh, okay. Should be playable, although the menus have always looked a little weird eh, for me. Uh, Nectaris. That's not playable. Um, that's military madness. But we got that anyway. Yeah. Okay. So there's so, 45 a, unique games. So there's there. a double. Okay. Dungeon Explorer. We already got that. Um, Utopia. Utopia. PC Genjin. So that's an overlap as well. Oh, wait, there's no Dungeon Explorer on the US side. Do you need? Wait, Dungeon Explorer. Do you need English for that? It helps. Oh shit. Okay. I mean, you do. I mean, yeah, it helps. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> PC Genjin. So that's, that's an overlap. That's Bonk. Yeah, it's on overlap. That's Bonk's adventure. I thought Bonk was on the first one. Bonk's Revenges. Oh, got it. This, is good. this goes with the strange marketing. Why not? Why do you not market Bonk's Adventure? On the U.S. one versus Bonk's Revenge. For me, that doesn't make any sense. No, that's just. A, but you don't need you don't need uh, to know Japanese for that. So no, you don't. Ease one and two, you Delicious. do, but that's an overlap. Super Darius, Super Star Soldier, uh, those are Good fine. Uh, uh you should be fine with that. That's Ghost and Goblins. Oh, Dungeon Explorer. I don't think you need to know to know Japanese. You don't. Uh, they tell you kind of where to go. I mean, it it helps in just going where you need to but it's oh for the hints when you talk to the NPCs oh that's right yeah okay Um, Aldine's Newtopia Gradius Salamander so Aldine's Gradius and Salamander you won't need the language for Newtopia you do but that's fine because it's a double what's Aldine's which game's that I believe that's a shooter Uh, Super Momotaro Densetsu Uh, if that's an action one then you're probably fine but I'm not sure which version that is. I'll look it up right now. Oh, God. Ninja Ryukiden. They put Ninja Gaiden on here. The trilogy. No, the original one. There is no trilogy. There's no trilogy on it? No, it's the uh, PC Engine version of the NES game, and boy, are the controls stiff. Uh, Oh, why am I thinking that was a trilogy? Oh, yeah. I don't know. But it's closer to the Super Nintendo one in terms of how it looks in um, okay. features. Yeah, it's stiffer controls. That's a, that's a rough one. And the soundtrack is awful. Oh, they, yeah, they changed it. It's like the Super Nintendo <laughs> port. Yeah. Um, Star Peroger, Snatcher. Snatcher's the, the one that everyone wishes had. That's the Japanese. one where I'm like, okay, now this is getting to weird territory because that's the one where probably everyone's like, wow, this is great. It's on it. And people were asking me even Twitter. It's like, oh, they're, they're translating that, right? Like, nope. No, it's part of the Japanese ROM set, which is a bonus, so that, you know, you get what so you So you can get. just look at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, another another Gradius game. Gradius 2, Choniki, um, Kumaj- uh, so Rondo of Blood. That's a big one. Yep. That's a CD game, um, and, that, and that that's semi-system seller. Right Bomberman there. 94, Bomberman Panic, uh, Bomber, and Ginga Fuke Densetsu Sapphire, which is another big one. Okay, there's a few big ones here. So we got... 
Sapphire, which is a what, $600 CD game, hard to find. It's, it's incredible. More now. Is it more? Incredible shooter. Um, uh, Chilling and Niki, some people liked it. That's the that's the, the muscular homoerotic shooter series, right? The first one is, I mean, their weapon power-ups you can get, but the first one's more toned down than you'd think. More toned down, but it's fun. They're fun. Yeah, they're fun. So you have a list where it really capitalizes on on the the systems no being known as a great shooter system. There's like what twelve to fourteen shooters on here. Yeah. It's a good amount of shooters. You have some we'll just say some stalwart US titles like Blazing Lasers and Victory Run and Alien Crush and um Ninja Spirit, where these these are games where this is like the you know quintessential Trevor Graphics experience in North America. However, you do not get Splatterhouse. Obviously that'd have to be licensed from Namco on there. That to me is one of the the glaring omissions here as what do people know Troll Graphics for in the US? Bonk and Splatterhouse pretty much go hand in hand for what it's known for. But besides the shooters here and there, but in terms of like things that 13 stand out. Shooters. Thirteen shooters, so Pat Math is almost off. Wow. Is Kadash a shooter? I forget. No, Kadash is fantastic. It's a multiplayer, um, well, it can be multiplayer, like action dungeon and dragons. Sort oh, of thing. okay. And you get four classes to pick from. It's kind of, if you wanted to think of it this way, you what, could look what, at it as like a side scrolling gauntlet. What am I confusing that with? Side scrolling gauntlet. Okay. So that's the one thing to me where, where I, I think they, they should have pwned, Konami should have pwned it up and try to make a deal with, for Splatterhouse. Unless, is there, a, is there like a Splatterhouse c- collection that Namco? That's put out, or is, or is it in a collection? That's you coming can, out. Probably you can is. play them on. You can play them on the PS3 and 360 versions so of Splatterhouse, what, but that's, but that's it, and right, it's an that, unlockable. That came out like eight years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was an unlockable. There is no collection, but there's nothing else from Namco on there, so I, they just didn't. Yeah, Pac-Man was was a decent title they could have put on there. Well, and they had tons of good Namco ports in Japan. Um, they did a, a Draga port that added like completely different and better graphics and added some RPG elements to it. The Valkyrie port was great. It's a bummer. The other thing that people were saying that I understand it, but people are like, where's Keith courage? I get it. You want to see it on there. It's not worth it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, like it's, it's a game that I would love to see on there. Cause that's the first game a lot of us played. Cause that's, that was a packing game originally. Um, it's also not a bad game. It's not bad. It, it's a, it's a, average-ish, above average. Sure, it's got its issues. Three, but... Two and a half to three stars somewhere in there. Uh, I, I agree they could have got it, got it. But that's not just Hudson Soft. That's a, a, another company called Advanced Communication Companies. I don't know if there was a licensing issue with that. Well, I think there is because te- technically that was based on an anime in Japan. Okay, so I have lic- no idea what, what... I can't remember what okay. it was called, but there could be, yeah, a licensing issue So licensing issue. issue. So that one you... you no one's clamoring to play Keith Courage again. You play it once, you're fine. But not having Splatterhouse to me was the biggie. That was the one where I think, come on, come on Konami, come on. You, there's a lot of people that would love to play Splatterhouse. The the big one for me, I love Alien Crush, but the fact that Devil Devil's Crush isn't on here, sure, is wild to me. People wild love, is it no, wild? That's, yeah, that's insane to me. People love Alien Crush, but Devil's Crush is. I mean, that's one of the first games a lot of people go for when they get well, a system. That's. There was three developers, according to this. Kaga, Create, Compile, and Hutsoft. So I don't know if that was complicated or not when it came to, to getting that. I don't know. Uh, to me, you got one pinball. You should be happy having two. You said you would rather have Devil's Crush instead of Alien Crush instead. Yeah, if you're only going to have one, have Devil's Crush. But more Crush. people had Alien Crush, though, since that was the original. So maybe that's why they thought about it. It's more common. 
Victory Run. It's an okay racing game. I'm surprised. I don't know why these these minis don't don't have sports games at all. I just think it's interesting. See, Final Lap Twin would have I been mean, a good choice. A lot of people a lot of people had World Class Baseball, which is a great game, or TV Sports Football or Hockey. Those weren't as, those weren't great, but there was some decent sports games. I could have figured they would have thrown one on here. You don't you say it's unnecessary, but if they had the rights to do them, they should have threw one on there. Well, not with World Class Baseball. That was was that Namco. Yeah. That's like that family stadium series. That's Femista. Uh, but I don't think it. Who did I don't think I don't think world class baseball is Namco. I could be wrong. It's not. It's not Hudson Soft, is it? Uh, uh, who did it? Oh, Hudson Soft did develop that. So yeah. that to me, come on, it's not really fifty games with with the crossover. You could have given us a baseball game, or even the tennis game is really good. Or like, give us like a, a final lap or something. Well, uh, that's uh, final lap is Namco, and so is World Court Tennis. Uh, so, so, so for some reason, they're not working with Namco on this. They're, yeah, they're, they're not they're working with. That's what I said. Okay. They're not working with them at all. Okay, so what do you, what do you think about the PC Engine side? You, you like it? Respectable? Yeah, I mean, I like it. It, I mean, the list itself is. There's some deep cuts on here, it's right? It's a good list. There's some deep cuts. It's an overall good list. I don't think I need one. Um, it's a hundred bucks. That's what the PlayStation. See what see what Sony started going from 100. They couldn't go 60 or 80 on this. Here's the issue. I think this will do better than the Sony place the PlayStation, which is mind blowing to think about. Being that the TurboGrafx sold like one percent the amount of PlayStations did. It all, it all, 2%. I mean, it all comes down to the game list, and the game list on the PlayStation tried to please everyone and ended up pleasing no one. Plus, we know the emulation will be solid on the TurboGrafx emulation. Well, we been, hope. Well, they're gonna, if they don't license the Magic Engine or something similar or whatever, you know, like they have to. It's been. It's there's no. Problem. It's Konami, man. Well, this is this is where they didn't get me. This is this is this is where they lost Pat. They lost Pat. The same way they lost ten-year-old Pat, because when you're buying the PC Engine Mini or this case Turbo Graphics Mini, I don't know which which version I'm going to get, which which color scheme. Maybe, maybe I'll just get the the Core Graphics, a cute little gray and blue one. Which, by the way, I didn't think that was a European thing. I know in the UK they had the, the US looking console, but anyway, um, they lost me in the fact that they didn't decide to just say, you know what, Ian, we'll give you a second uh, USB port in the front for a second controller. They're bending ten-year-old Pat over again because you got to spend thirty dollars to get the TurboTap to do multiplayer again. Thirty dollars, Ian, before you get a second controller. I guess if if that's USB, you're fine. You basically are buying a five-port a USB hub for thirty dollars to, to to have two players. There's honestly not a whole lot on here though that looks like. Real good multiplayer, like even two player games. I mean, there are, there are. I'm just saying, I just think it's egregious to do that. It's fucking egregious. It's you're forcing people to buy a USB hub. What I'm getting, I guess you can buy a cheap USB hub. I don't think they could really tempt me to do it. I mean, Bomberman would be your big. I think would be Uh, your big draw. um, But even for for two players, though, yeah, you don't you don't have to buy a second Turbo Graphics controller. Probably you can probably throw in another USB unless they somehow weirdly lock out other USB devices or even lock out that. And then for twenty dollars, Ian, they're charging twenty dollars for an AC adapter to plug in a USB. So they're not including this two dollar plug. You know, like the one that's included with the NES Classic. They're charging twenty dollars for it through Hori. 
Hori's uh, the one doing the controls. By the way, the controllers look authentic and great. They look like they're like the same exact mold. That's good. I just think Konami's getting greedy here, and that Konami's been known to do this in the past. Oh, yeah, Konami's so they're losing. Greedy. They got me on the design, and they got me on the game list. They're losing me on the cost, and not including a second controller, and forcing you to literally buy a USB hub, which I guess is cool. You can use it on your computer. You can have a, a TurboTap USB hub, maybe, uh, on your computer, and use that. I Konami's guess. got a Konami. So in theory. If you want two-player action, you are spending twenty-five for an extra controller, thirty, fifty-five, one hundred and fifty-five dollars before tax. This becomes this becomes prohibitively, prohibitively expensive. This becomes worse than the PlayStation Classic when it comes to cost. So this is where, where now I'm on the fence, Ian. Now I'm the biggest Trevor Graphics fan that I know, and I'm like on the fence about this because of this, because of their, their price gouging on this besides not going out and including a few more games to really get it to 50 unique games now it's only like 45 that's smaller potatoes than this that bothers me does that bother you I, you gotta buy a fucking USB hub to get, to get two players you, you should care Ian. it's dumb it's dumb thank you it's dumb it's absolutely dumb um, but yeah I'm just not buying one How, we're not we're not buying it potentially this is catered towards us, and we're like, eh. It's, it's, it's the price, the fact that I have basically all of these games on there no, already that I want to play. But I should support it. I should be glad that Konami's finally dusting off the, their properties they've had for 10 years and, and do, done shit with, all with. I'm not. I'm not supporting Konami. I don't. I mean, well, if, if not, Ian, if I wanted they, they it, sit, that's they, fine. They get locked but... away forever, and and we don't know. They think that these games have no value when they do. This could lead to other re-releases. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not supporting. Am I wrong? I, mean, I just. I'm not buying crap to support the game. No, no, I know, but we want to do that. I mean, it would be nice. It would be nice, Ian. Yes, it'd be nice that Bonk maybe gets a new game in the future off that that they almost completed at Comic Con in 2010. I interviewed the guy with my spiky hair. Wow, memories, nine years ago. Anyway, so that's it on the TurboGrafx slash PC Engine Mini. If you were going to buy one, I guess you'd go the PC Engine route. I'd probably maybe go the core, the core graphics. I like the little gray. I'd probably gray go blue. PC. You go PC Engine? You go nice and small? Anyway. Speaking of... Of minis? Of minis. The uh, PlayStation Classic finally found its sweet price. Uh, sweet spot? Its sweet spot. The, the must-have price, the market research price. The must-have price of nineteen ninety nine. Woo! Uh, and it sold them. Uh, Amazon.com. Prime Day. And I believe Best Buy was also doing them in store at that price. Uh, someone told me a few days ago. Let me see if, what it is on Target. Um, but yes, the uh, once 100... For 20 bucks at Target, too. Okay. At Best Buy, yeah. <laughs> so the once $100 system that everyone was sure was going to fly off the shelves and become impossible to have... Is now twenty dollars. I don't know if someone says it'd be impossible to have. Well, people were, thought they would sell. People were trying to make it that way. People were buying them up, and you know uh, the stores still had those signs that said "one per customer." You know, taped to giant <laughs> stacks was, of them. That was a mistake, uh, Walmart and Target. Well, here we are. Um, Sony showed that you know by uh, I don't know cutting corners and making a shitty mini console. Not everyone's just going to buy something because it looks nice. They have a price at a hundred dollars. They have a price well. It should have been 80 at most. The game list, like I said, was trying to do 
too much and it ended was up winning no one. A very suspect game list. We were very critical once we saw Rainbow Six on there. I was going to say, because everyone, everyone remembers that classic PlayStation game, Rainbow Six. Holy shit. Everyone played it on PlayStation. <laughs> with, the, with their cross pad. Yeah. Yes, we all did that. Um, so and this just came out, what, six months ago? This came out at the beginning of December. Seven months. What a, what a so, long, strange trip it's been. Well, I'm going to give you a lesson on on on, uh, on products and how this works. So if they so if they if they charge us a hundred dollars, this was probably wholesaled at fifty dollars. Usually, things wholesale at fifty percent of the cost, roughly for for products like this, which means that it probably cost Sony to make one of these units probably twenty dollars, maybe. Twenty-five dollars. Say twenty to twenty-five dollars. <laughs> That's a reasonable guess by by the math. So that means at twenty dollars, whoever they wholesale the units for are losing anywhere from twenty to thirty dollars. I can safely say per unit they are losing money trying to clear these out to get some cost back. This is a massive, massive dumpster fire failure of a product for Sony. You, you cannot sugarcoat this in any way. Yeah, you can get a cheap $20 PlayStation portable emulator. You can buy those fucking devices and load up more games and, and do things like that. Yeah, you can do that. I'm just telling you for how this looks for the industry, Industry, this is like um, a mini bubble that popped, basically. After only two of them, though, it popped. Yeah. NES Classic, SNES Classic, both did very well. Couldn't find the NES Classic till they still couldn't find it after they produced more. Well, Super Nintendo did better. PlayStation, they went too far. So they, they're almost ruining this niche before it's even getting off the ground still. Yeah, I, what'll remain, what remains to be seen is how well the Genesis Mini does and how well the Turbo Mini does to see if I think they it's bounce a price. back. To me, it's all about the price. Sure. Ge- what is the Genesis Mini? Is it 80? Think, yeah, Genesis Mini is going to be 80. And I, that, that list is fire, so I think that's pretty... I think it's pretty safe. So that's safe at 80 because that was a popular system. Even though they have the Act Games bullshit, they're going to probably throw a lot of marketing behind this to to help for a lot of the con people don't know about the Act Games stuff because they didn't walk into a fucking Walmart. But Turbo Graphics, I think, I'm I'm hedging my bets now with the price with Turbo Graphics. And plus because not a lot of people know about Turbo Graphics compared to Genesis. So I'm kind of hedging my bets. But this is an absolute... It's a win for the consumer if you want one for 20 bucks. Hell, for the controller, it might be worth it to get a USB PlayStation... Uh, controller, it might sure. be worth for twenty bucks. I do like the original. Not, I, I like the original PlayStation controllers without the analog sticks. You, you don't want the option of. of I mean, I would love that. Controls. I'm just saying, I do like. <laughs> oh, I just like the way they oh, hold. Oh yeah, they hold fine. They're comfortable. They're, yeah. So so when you look at that, you can be you can say, well, for twenty bucks, I'm you know maybe a controller like that would cost ten to fifteen dollars. You're getting a bonus PlayStation Classic emulator. Yeah. Console. That ah. you can put on your shelf and look at and say, you're going to do so much with this and then I've never do anything with it. Because the emulation's garbage and the list is suspect. And apparently the emulation's fine now. Well, if well, you hack it, yeah. Well, the whole PAL ROM oh, yeah. versus you get rid US. Of all that. Like yeah. that's, you, get, you get rid of all that. Like he said, yeah, you got to then put my time as money, Ian. I don't have to fiddle that's with my what I'm saying. console device. You wouldn't <laughs> me- bother hacking with it. That was my point. You, you, you would play, uh, play a couple games, you throw it in the trash. Uh, so I almost bought one. I was like, no, still no. I almost did too. I kept telling um this one guy I chat with online. I was like, you know, twenty five dollars I think is the sweet spot. I said twenty five dollars, I'll buy one. And then he get at me and he uh, he at me and he's like, um, it's twenty five now. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> and now it's twenty. And it's like what it comes down to What's... every time is 
I'm like, do I want a PlayStation Mini? Or do I want drugs, candy, food, anything else more than I want this PlayStation Mini? And the answer is always... Drugs. Yes, I'm going to go buy drugs and rock and roll. <laughs> drugs and rock and roll. It's what like, would be the price that were... What would ten dollars be the price? Say I have to at ten dollars, or is it five? Is it that low? Or you said I have to? It's. I'm also at a point in my life where I'm trying to acquire less stuff. Sure. Even at five, would you buy it at five dollars? Five at five dollars, I'd buy it, open it up, look at it, and be like, "That's cute." And then if I didn't hack it within a week, I'd give it to someone. I'd take it to work and put it in the fucking free bin. I would be. I don't think they're gonna. They cannot. They cannot offer it lower than twenty, even though they're they're, they they sold out in a few hours of yeah. Of, of at twenty, so that's that's the price point. That's what twenty I, bucks. That's what I came into this conversation laughing yeah. at is the, that's the it. sweet spot is twenty. <laughs> Sony, if you priced it at twenty bucks, you would have sold millions of these. Maybe if they sold it at fifty dollars originally and got a, you know, they, they could or sixty, they would have, have sold a, feeling, a lot. Honestly, sixty to eighty dollars. I honestly have a feeling that the price might not have been such a big deal if. Um, there was a, a game list was good. If the A, the game list and the, and was good, emulation. and B, the emulation nonsense hadn't gotten out. I, like, as I was saying, this is one of those things that proves to a company that people are starting to pay attention to this stuff. Yes. Um, something that they probably thought was minor and that only us nerds were going to care about. Where did that spread around? And people's, they didn't even know exactly what PAL well, region meant. A lot of the people who came in to talk to me about it at work or uh-huh. who mentioned it, but they knew there was something something weird, something weird about the games that were lower quality. Something amiss. Yeah, exactly. With the emulation and the frame rates and weird dodgy things happening. That's bad because a lot of this stuff catches fire and gets noticed online. And then as soon as you see that, you start to see details about things. There was a robust commercial campaign for it. They they put it on TV. They did it for the NES and Super Time Classic, which was to me was insane that they didn't do that. Uh, Nintendo. Oh, we don't like marketing and selling products for cash. I don't know. It didn't but, seem like they really needed to worry about it. Uh, they didn't, but if they'd made more units and advertised, they would have sold as many as they could produce. They could have. Uh, could have. Anyway, so, all right, 20 bucks. Pat missed out, unless he goes on Target or Walmart and buys them. There's still probably 100,000 of these. Oh, God. In I, stock for- somewhere. I forgot that it only came loaded with 20 games, too. The fucking yes. hubris out of Sony. Holy shit. It happened with the motion controllers made fun of Nintendo. They came out with their the, crappy... The fucking balls on them to do 20 games for 100 bucks. <laughs> they figured this, the PlayStation sold a lot of, you know... There wasn't, they're charging there, you but $5 they're also, dollars But there also is what I always said. There isn't that sort of console loyalty when it comes to it versus Nintendo. That's the other big thing, too. The PlayStation isn't like, well, I'm going to put a PlayStation poster on my wall. That doesn't. That's not as a thing compared to Nintendo Super Nintendo. It's just Can't give you five bucks a rob. All right. Anyways, I'm not paying five dollars for fucking Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. Rest in peace, Tom Clancy. All right. We love the Flex Pro meals. They're a meal delivery company that sends healthy pre-made meals to your doorstep. Their goal isn't just give you a salad, but epic recipes, hearty meals, and entrees you may have grown up on, but they make healthier versions of eating healthy. It's a lifestyle change. Eating not a two-week gimmick. So it's their responsibility to go the extra mile, giving us the most value with realistic and tasty meal options at a good price. FlexPro Meals offers a weight loss flat fat trimmer plan and a lean muscle larger portion plan. Some of their most popular meal entries are smoked brisket mac, breakfast burrito, grilled fish and chips, and the list goes on. They just added a Chipotle bowl. Not flat. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yes. It's rounder. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's delicious. It's delicious. If you want to go for a staple like the... Um, Chicken and sweet potatoes, that's a good like one you can't go wrong with. 
you know, no frills, or you can go fancier with like, like a Chipotle bowl or breakfast burritos, always good. Uh, and the fish and chips that I've been eating more and more of. Um, for 20% off your first order, use code CUPODCAST when you visit flexpromeals.com. That's 20% off at flexpromeals.com. Pat and Ian will be eating right aside, right beside you. We'll be digging in. <laughs> Ian! Yeah. GameStop hopes renovations will keep its retail stores alive. Yeah, it won't. Uh, well, thanks for doing the <laughs> doing the whole f- segment in, in twelve seconds. <laughs> You're welcome. So, GameStop. Uh, this is from Engadget. GameStop thinks it's uh, has a way to keep its stores relevant uh, as digital and downloads are taking over. They're going to revamp the stores. They unveiled uh, a team up with designers for a, a pilot program to renovate stores and give a give them a place in the video New gaming, gaming culture. culture. Yeah, concept stores will have layouts and purposes meant to appeal more directly to gamers. A lot of misogyny in there. I'm sure a lot of <laughs> toxicity. Yeah, a lot of toxicity. Maybe just a big barrel of sludge in the back corner. <laughs> You'll have new ways to try games before buying them. Well, wow, that's ingenious. If the only thing that could have thought of that before, like a TV and a console setup. Set Shops that cater solely to retro games and hardware. Oh my god! I love how back and forth they've been about the shit. We're good. Nope. No. Huh? Huh? No. We're just gonna fucking double down. And even esports competitions with. <clears throat> Homegrown leagues. As I pop my ears, what the hell it, does homegrown leagues mean? I don't know the the San Diego. Uh, I don't know the San Diego Pigeon Team. Ian, I don't know they compete in. I don't know a, a grassroots Switch. esports movement. There's an arms team, <laughs> an arms team in every city for for Switch. I don't know. Oh my god. Um. So they've tried to do this before, selling mobile shit. They sell when you walk into my local GameStop. It's it's semi. Hot topic. They got a bunch of Funko pops and they got T-shirts on a rack, and they probably don't sell that that well. Yeah, every time so they, they try, try to every time they try to appeal to the fellow kids, it fails. For how, do you, how do you do, fellow kid gamers? It, 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 it it's not working. The, you know, their first idea was, well, let's put all these cool toys and stuff in here. People want to people want to go to a place that caters to the gamer lifestyle. So we want to be able to get you know pops and weird candy and. Joker T-shirts. Well, this is the auto guy CEO's plan, probably to do this. You know, yeah, the Auto Zone guy. And people, I, I still, I still laugh at the people that gave us shit for that, saying, "Well, he has experience in, with retail business. What he's selling, he's selling uh, uh, oil pans, and he's selling spark plugs. He's selling stuff that uh, every auto owner needs. That there will always be an evergreen market for. You can't buy a, a digital oil pan and have you, it work. You're always going to need soap replacement on your windshield wipers. <laughs> you're always going to need extra fluid. That, that, there's not going to be a digital version of that. That's going to wipe out uh, half an industry. I've got some extra fluid. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. For those idiot commenters. <laughs> So, um, what was I going to say? So, in all seriousness, if they get rid of the Funko Pops and shit like that, if they can... Get rid of the t-shirt rack that's only walking as $10 for a shirt? If they can rein in the t-shirts and the Pops and some of the toys... Some of them, they can keep toys and not have they, half the they don't need to not. Yeah, they don't need to not have any of them. That's fine. It was just they, they didn't do this at all in half measures. You mean if they, they, they went from... If they, if they limit it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> it's dying. It's dead. Um, you know, when they decided to start throwing the toys in, it was all pretty quick. I just walked into a GameStop one day and I was like, whoa, what is this? So, yes, small amount. Everything. Limited. 
Everything counts in small amounts. What do you think, though, about them coming out just straight up saying, we're going to try to do, in 2019, start up a... We'll have retro game stores. I think that's I mean, think about... They haven't learned their lesson of the pitfalls of having the knowledge to even know about, well, different games in different systems have different popularities, and counterfeit games? What's that? Now then, you're going to have to train up employees to, to be experts at... A dozen different game libraries. Even if they limit it to like, well, we're going to limit it to like 10 different game libraries only. You still have to train up the employees to know what the hell to watch out for. and What's what's hot and what's not in all these different categories. That's not something you can easily uh, create a database and plug into a system to look at the values of stuff. Yeah, no, it's not. This is entirely co- complicated to do. They're going to reopen the can of worms if they do a pilot store to begin with. Which I guess they have to or do a few stores. This is unmitigated disaster. Yeah. If they even tiptoe into the retro game store market, well, Ian, you should probably say, if your advice would be to people, to, if they want to open up a game store, a retro game store this day and age, you'd probably say, well, no, no, I'd probably. Say no. Yes, I'd say that you're, you're, my advice to you is don't. don't and do plus, it. the market's a lot smaller than they're going to think when they put in all the time and money to open up a retro game store somewhere, get the stock, and then put it in some city somewhere and realize that, well, there's not as much interest as we thought to sustain this. Because mom and pop stores are closing here and there. And if it's a city that has a mom and pop store, GameStop doesn't have the reputation, I think, to actually drag people away from that. And they would have to re-go back. So they stopped taking certain expensive games at original GameStops, Mm -hmm. you know, when when that whole thing was happening. And there there were certain games they just wouldn't take uh, to avoid getting a counterfeit. If you're going to open a retro game store, you can't shy away from that. You have no. to learn how to do it. You have to be able to take in the big ticket items and sure. then move them. This is um, and then the other weird thing is that they think that if they open up a if they con- even if they convert a GameStop somewhere to a retro game store, what's the modern customer is not going to care because most of the modern gamers aren't into the retro game stuff, uh, at least in the physical version. So they're going to be like, "What the hell is this?" When they see a GameStop retro, they're going to turn around and walk away. So even the few customers that will want to go into a GameStop. Most of them won't be attracted to the retro side. So the whole thing is a losing proposition. You'll find, like we do with walk-ins, a lot of the customers will go, Oh, this is cool. Reminds me of my childhood. Do you guys have any more PS4 games? No, that's what I got right now. All right. Well, I'll see you soon. And then they don't see them again. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever we do another GameStop follow-up story... In the past, we both said, Oh, yeah, five to ten years is about the lifespan of GameStop that they have left. Every time a story comes out like this, I deduct about six to eight months off of that time frame. Yeah, we're just shaving. I think we're, I think we said the past podcast we're down to like three years max. I think I'm down to about two to two and a half years at this point. I, I'm not even trying to shit on it. I think it's that bad and dire at this point. I think, or or a major contraction. I mean, like they they shutter like 70 percent of their stores up. I think they need. I, I think to make it. To the next console generation, even. Which is a year and a half, at most. A year, a year year. and a few months. I feel like they need to have a decent Christmas, which is, who knows? Because there's nothing... It's like, we're at the end of two generations. So there may... I mean, other than the Switch, there may not be a lot of people clamoring for big-ticket consoles right now. And then uh, they're going to have to shut down a lot. And honestly depending on how distribution and how everything shakes up for the next generation, I don't know that they'll make it through PlayStation 5 and Xbox Scarlet. And even if they do, in theory, I mean, they're not making probably a ton off of the consoles. It's off of the peripherals and things like that. So it's not a guarantee. Their stock, 
is at $4.68. A year ago, it was at, let's see, a year ago, it was like $14.15. So it's dropped... uh, it's dropped to a third of what it, less than a third of what it was at. And GameStop wasn't doing well last year either. No, and they're not turning profits anymore. Every quarter that comes out, it's like, oh, we we lost this amount of money. Yeah, see, like, yeah, June it dropped from seven eighty two. It started to plummet then. So this is, uh, if you look at the five year trend, five years ago GameStop was like a forty five dollars stock. Again, that just that's the confidence in the investors. You're literally an investor when you own a stock in where the company's headed and how much money it's making. It's not good. So if this stock drops to a dollar fifty cents at that point, it won't even matter if there's something on the horizon. You, you, you should have to shutter it if yeah. it comes like a, like a penny stock at that point. But that's the direction it's heading mm-hmm. to, like way quickly than we could have imagined. Like a couple of years ago, we'd be like, "Yeah, GameStop, five ten years maybe." This stuff, it's like wow at, at this point. Okay, well, best of luck to uh, the AutoZone guy to uh, to turn it around. I don't think it's going to happen, Ian. No, I don't think it's going to happen. Blockbuster tried the same thing. Uh, they, they had all these wacky ideas. That I spoke about it before with my market research job. About they had all these wacky ideas for yeah, they alcoholic didn't even, popcorn. And... No, no. <laughs> but the whole point is they didn't even, even get far enough to try to try those out. That's yeah. how quickly they went under at that point. Yep. It was within, within a like, couple of years after these wacky ideas, they said, no, we're done. They didn't have a chance to like, renovate their stores. All right. So uh, Shenmue 3 is back in the news uh, lately, um, and it's not for great reasons. Not for good reasons. Not for good reasons. So Shenmue 3, um, the sequel to Shenmue 1 and 2, Shenmue first came out in um, 99 or 2000, and Shenmue 2 was 2001. On the Xbox. Uh, Originally on the um, European Dreamcast, and then on the Xbox. Okay. So did it come out here? That's kind of weird that having Europe and not here. Yeah, it didn't. You could import it and it would work. I think if your system was you know cracked or you used a boot disk. So, anyways, um, well loved game uh, by Yu Suzuki. Uh, kind of like the first, not really open world, but you kind of have a la- you have you freedom area. to do you, stuff. Yeah, you have freedom to do stuff. There's time you- that passes by. Right, it's exactly. interesting, and there's like there's like brawler elements in there and mini games. Oh it's- yeah, lots of yeah. The fighting is uh, you know it's Virtua Fighter esque, I guess. Beat them up. It, it created style. its own game and sort of style, right? Like its own little world. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't played Shenmue, but you've played the Yakuza series, the Yakuza series is very very similar. Um, it's obviously you know it, it came from that stock. So the third one, which no one ever thought was going to happen, um, was kickstarted successfully. Not just kickstarted successfully, Sony pushed it. Oh yeah, and Sony pushed it too. So Sony got behind this. Yes. And, t- and that was 2015, that was already four years ago. They raised $6.3 million, 69,000 backers. So the game's supposed to come out this year. It was originally going to be a Steam exclusive on PC. Um, people pre-ordered, uh, you know... Uh, well, originally this was coming out December 2017, according to the Kickstarter. Oh, no, I'm just saying it's supposed to come okay. out this year now, is what they're saying. They push it back. What was I going to say? Oh, so... Originally it's supposed to be on Steam. People back the Kickstarter. They're told they're going to get Steam keys. How do they How do they hold them? Or look at them, they're Steam. I don't get it. I'm kidding, sorry. I'll... <laughs> um... However, Epic Game Store bought Shenmue 3 as an exclusive. 
Okay. I just offered them a ton of money. And uh, basically wrapped up Shenmue 3 as an Epic Game Store exclusive on the PC. Um, this is pissing people off who wanted to go through Steam, who do all their gaming through Steam. Um, it may seem small to some people, but the Epic Game Store is a whole other client you need to download and have running to play the game. Sure. So some people uh, went and asked for refunds. And um, they never got back, like, they, they basically said they couldn't. So here we go. From this article, uh, during the original 2015 Kickstarter, the game listed Steam as the platform where it would be distributed. For a long time, the Steam page offered what amounted to free advertising for Shenmue 3 in anticipation of the game's release. Then during the E3 contest or conference, the news broke that the game would be shifting over to Epic. Um, and they say uh, it's been moving forward using Unreal Engine. Most importantly, they're looking to get the most enjoyable experience on PC. So they decided together with Deep Silver after much discussion <laughs> that the Epic's game store would be the best distribution platform. Because how you download your game has a whole lot to do with how enjoyable your gameplay experience yeah, is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I didn't mind as much in the past, but if they, got, if they really got a ton of free advertising... Off of, oh, yeah, off they of did. Steam. Yeah. And then said, fuck you, Steam. Yep. That is brutal. And you, and I'm not, you can't even blame Epic. That's the, that's the devs that are saying that. Like, okay. Uh, everyone screw seems that. to think it's the publisher. Deep Silver. I don't uh, know everything about oh, Deep uh, Silver, but I've heard Deep Silver. People aren't happy with Deep Silver lately, and I'm not sure what it is. But word on the internet is um, it's probably. Because they could have said no. Epic threw a bunch of money at him, probably. Yeah. But, well, it's not, it's not necessarily could have been money. But it's a better cut. We know that. It's a uh, much it's better money. cut. Apparently, it's Epic has be been more, going out and like, just, just saying, paying oh, and being like, this okay. you're ours. They're, they can say no, mm-hmm. but they, it was probably so much money. But you know, the game will be more fun if you download it from oh, a Oh, no, that's silly. <laughs> but that's silly That's silly both ways. It's it's fun on either. It's, a, it's the same game. So it's some, just what the loader is. Yeah. So some people tried to cancel that. And this is uh, their pre-order. Well, they're they're basically they're backing. The and here's what, backing. Yeah, and here's what they got from Easnet. Hello, FireEye. Thank you very much for contacting us. The launch was previously planned for distribution on Steam. However, it was decided together with Deep Silver after much discussion, after much money, much money's Ep- exchange in a briefcase. <laughs> yeah, that the Epic Game Store would be the best distribution platform option. Shenmue 3 will be distributed through the Epic Game Store and will require the Epic Game Store client to activate. We apologize for the sudden change in platform. However, refunds will not be granted for this change. We thank you for your support and look forward to delivering the Shenmue experience fans everywhere have been waiting so long for. Wow. Best regards, Shenmue 3 team. With a gun to the guy's head typing that. Wow. Okay. So I guess Um, apparently at one point... EaseNet had promised Kickstarter backers that they would receive the keys for Steam, while non-backers would have to go through the Epic Game Store. Which would be fair, because at least you're getting what you paid for, what you, what you signed up for. But then Valve's like, uh-uh. <laughs> Valve has a clear policy in place that prohibits providing Steam keys for games that will not be made available so, on so Steam So Valve is long. punching back, saying, yeah, screw you guys. guys. Yeah. So this is to prevent any developers from making use of Steam's infrastructure while providing them with no monetary They're basically saying you guys used us for free publicity and, and now you, you, you kicked us and you backed us and you, know, you, you bent us over a barrel. Yep. We're not getting anything out of this. Wow. So then they finally did start offering refunds, but Epic oh. Games is paying for them. Not Deep Silver, not EaseNet. So, 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 so Deep Silver is the bad guy here. Well, Deep Silver is taking advantage of taking taking advantage of everyone. Yeah, here. like I said, I don't know exactly how it breaks down. Why but... Why can't Deep Silver give their refunds on their own Kickstarter? Why do they got to ask Daddy Epic to do it? This whole know. thing is rotten. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awful. 
Like now, I feel like now I kind of feel bad for. I mean, Epic is paying out tons of money, and that's a whole capitalistic discussion whether or not you think it's right for them to go out and try to acquire. But it, now that Epic has to give refunds out, they got to pay more money because Deep Silver can't do it from there. You can go into your Kickstarter and give a refund. Like it's not, you know, you can do that. Yeah, but they don't want to. They don't want to. They so don't want, so, they don't so, so the publisher the is a piece of shit here. Yeah, the publisher is is the worst here. Anyone could accommodate it. I mean, if Steve well, and, if I Steve mean, wanted to, they could accommodate him. It seems like screw you. I understand that. Epic's like, oh, okay, people are pissed off. We got to give out money. However, uh, Easnet, I mean, is the people who, uh, Easnet are the people who actually replied directly and said, yeah, we're not giving away, we're not giving refunds. So now so. it's Epic. Out of the, I guess Epic doesn't have to either, but I guess for PR they are. At this point, what I'm saying is, is yeah. both the developers and the publishers are looking pretty shitty right here. Well, the developer is probably just doing what the publisher told him to do. I mean, the developer could think it's crappy, but it's up to the publisher sure. at that point what to do. So that brings us up to about recent times, which is what got this on my um, radar again this week, because this happened all a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Um, there, there is pre-order, basic, simple pre-order stuff that was uh, that is being offered to people who literally uh-huh. pre-ordered on the website or console, um, you know, through Epic Game Store. And you get something, uh, you get like a Blazing Kick technique scroll, so you can learn like a new move. I want and, a Blazing Kick technique scroll. And you uh, can get a uh, a Kenpogi training outfit and a Peking Power Starter Pack. Oh, that sounds fun. It does. Um, well. The people who sounds like a, sounds like a protein pack. The people who backed it aren't getting that content. They, oh, they have to go and buy that content. What? Now, wait. What? It was never po- promised to them. And okay. here's where we can you can make the you can make the and I don't like to make it, but the argument that I always say when this shit goes wrong, it's like you aren't buying. You're backing. You're backing for the promise of something. You're backing for the promise. It's not of always what you what you you're promised to receive. However, that is not really how anyone does this anymore. Sure. So in this uh, instance, especially because the the uh, pre order content is so small, some people are like, oh, it's so small. What's the big deal? No, that's the big deal. It's so small that there is absolutely no reason why this shouldn't be given to the Kickstarter backers. This is egre- no reason. Well, it's egregious just because you're not going to be affecting any new pre-orders that happen because people that bought this on the Kickstarter aren't going to go and pre-order it again. Right. Especially since they, since they know that or maybe they can now if Epic is giving out refunds. This, But that's insane. It's yeah. insane. The whole situation is insane. They're creating so much more headache and work. Uh, the I guess the publisher? I don't understand how this... Why can't they just give the same package, download package to whoever? And put them in the same category. I mean, they could. They just are choosing not to. I, I, I'm trying to think what what could be an obstacle. I can't even play at devil's advocate with this. No, doesn't make any sense. No, there's 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 nothing that no, nope. Mm-mm. The the amount of bad will and, and bad PR you're building up is in, incalculable. Well, and then that's something that I also read. This was supposed to wrap the the story up. Uh, I think. I think Shenmue, back when it was on the Dreamcast, was originally planned to be a six or seven part series. Oh my God. That obviously never happened. When this was announced, they said that it was going to wrap up the story. Mm. Well, rumor is lately that it's not going to wrap up the story. Uh, so that means what, what this all comes down to is they're burning their bridges. They're pissing people off. It'll probably impact how people look at the game. It's, it's, it's popular, but not popular enough to just get by on sales. So then if they need to do another game, which is what we're hearing, they're going to have to rely on the goodwill of these people again. And I think they've burned it all. And that, 
And so, that's 69,000 Kickstarter uh, backers will not be 69,000 again. No. And what this all amounts to, which is pissing off some uh, Shenmue fans, is they're kind of back at a point where they think they're going to be stuck with a game they're never going to see the end of. Because that's what happened after two. Did, so this is supposed to finish it up, but now this is going to keep going, but they've pissed everyone off, so will we ever get an actual end to the game? I guess well, Sony must have invested some money in order to push this at their conference, but they're not involved with the, the computer size. They can care less about what happens with that. Yeah. But they've gotten... <laughs> so they got money from Sony. They got money from Kickstarter folks. Epic. And they got money from Epic. <laughs> wow, they worked the system. <laughs> they, they, they did well here. Uh, the devs to to get the money, but once you bring on a publisher, I guess it might be out of your hands. What happens with 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 the digital distribu- distribution, which is a shame. They got to make it right. Wow. Yeah. They got to make it right. I don't care how they do this. I don't care if they got to go through a tedious. Well, we got to <laughs> refund all the Kickstarter money. Then you buy it from Epic Games in order to get the pre order. They got to make it right. That's that's nuts. Especially when you're waiting for four years for this. Yeah. Four plus years, uh, for this. All right, Ian. That's a that's a disaster. Who does that does that make a, a what's the publisher? Easnet. Are they the scumbag seller no, of the week? Easnet is the developer. Oh, developer. Deep Silver is the Deep scumbag Silver se- seller. Yeah. Deep, Deep Silver is the scumbag uh, uh, publisher of the, the week. week. Yeah. All right, uh, Ian. Real quick on this one. Our pal Metal Jesus Rocks uh, likes to review all the the, the new tech devices to, to, to help you. To make your retro games modern and fresh again. Mm-hmm. A new coat of paint on them. So this is something that slipped by my radar. And this is why you send stuff out to uh, people to review. So people find out about her. Find out. It's, the, it's the GBA uh, Consolizer. It's a kit. Retails for $170 for a kit to make your GBA playable with 720p output on your, on your uh, HDTV. Looks nice. HDMI output. So, um, th- through the review, uh, it's in the title. I don't have to watch it, but check out the Metal Jesus video. I'll, I'll link it here somewhere. Stunning HD and zero lag. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway here is that zero lag. Because from what I know with the emulation on a Retron 5, you're not getting zero lag when you're emulating uh, through that and then outputting through like a Retron. Because you can't play Game Boy you know, uh, games in GBA on a Retron 5, if it, if it still works once you, pull, once you turn yeah. it on after a year. Um, but, um, so, okay, so you get, you get um, 720p digital output. There's also a 3.5 audio out from the original console. Uh, if, if you want, I guess, I guess if, you, if you're, if you're, whatever you're playing on doesn't support that or with headphones, uh, you can do that. Uh, what you also get ways to, change the uh, the red, green, and blues on this and the gamma so you can adjust how it looks. Because there's something I read which is really interesting about how because there was no uh, backlight on the original GBA, how how devs would have to screw with the color scheme t- to help our eyes out to play something with no backlight on that original. Because that was rough, the original it was GBA. The, it was the darkest, shittiest it was rough. screen I've ever used. It, it was rough. People are like, oh, I don't want to do anything without a backlight because the GBA is awful. And it's like, Neo Geo Pocket Color is fine. Game Boy Pocket is fine. Like, there's plenty of non-lit screens that are, you know, decent, but so that the po- was not one of them. So the point is, is that those the way they they screw with the colors might look kind of weird on a on a 
on a, a backlit LCD or LED TV. So it gives you the option at least to screw with the colors, which is nice. Or and add scale lines and do, you know, some stuff that you can do on like on on modern FPGA consoles or, or emulators at least. So to me, uh, that's that's good. So it's $170 for the kit, but if, if you want it fully assembled, it's $350. Jesus. Which basically makes it a, a case that you put around your GBA and plug it in. So... I don't know if you think I know nothing about the Genesis Ian. I know en- en- enough. I know nothing about the Game Boy Advance in its library. Wow, I never thought I'd hear you say that. <laughs> I know nothing about the GBA. <laughs> yeah, a system. Um, uh, no, no, I mean like nothing. I don't know uh, a lot any of the heavy hitters really. I don't know uh, the saturation of the market. How many people still s- seek it out? GBA to me is the most foreign thing. So you take it away, Ian. It's it's it- it's very popular. People buy it okay. all the time. But it is humorous because I was talking to someone uh, at the store yesterday who was buying some GBA games, and they were like, "Do you know the GBA fairly well?" I'm like, "Honestly, it's one of the systems that in the Xbox that I know the least." And the GBA was just because it came out the year I graduated high school. I moved out soon after. I just didn't... I had one. So did my brother, and I played some stuff like uh, Advance Wars, um, and I played some of the Castlevanias, but I didn't play it a lot. So honestly, I'm not hugely uh, knowledgeable on it either. I can say that I sell a lot of GBA games and that people are calling me all the time for Game Boy Advance SPs. I know it's very popular, and the system itself... But, I, they, but they also want SPs probably for Game Boy Color and Game Boy games well, too. Well, a Game Boy Advance does it as well. Yeah, but yes. Yeah. Um, the the SP is nice because it can do all of that. I love the SP. Um, it's brilliant. So yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's it's a big enough market that I think if this does Game Boy, it, well, it does. Yeah, I saw that. So but yeah, it's a GBA. It'll play original Game Boy and Game Boy Color. I think it's got a a decent enough market if you take into account all of those games. But the price point may keep people away. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those weird sort of things. It's like, is it? How many people are clamoring to play this on a TV versus being satisfied with it in handheld? I think that, I think that's really the discussion, and obviously the price is a big factor. The good news is that like a flash cart for for a GB uh, GB is like under thirty bucks. So if you wanted to, if you want like an all in one sort of solution where you're like, oh, I want to you know all the GB the GBA library is what two thousand games. It's like a, it's, it's gigantic, isn't it? How many GBA games are there? It's there's a lot of them. There's a lot. If you, if, you, if you do all the regions, obviously there's a lot of shovelware, though, too, on the GBA. We also know that. But um, I think once you get once you get to uh, two, uh, clo- once you get to two hundred dollars for a price point, and any of these you know retro fresh coat of paint things, you really have to know that there's an audience for it. And so for at one hundred and seventy dollars, I don't I don't know if there's an audience for it. And you got to put it together yourself for one hundred seventy dollars. So now, for the fact that they're charging double three fifty for it to be put together, doesn't sound like, doesn't sound easy to put this together. Then if they're charging double the amount uh, in, in order to to uh, do it, I don't think it'll matter in the end, though. Um, it's a, I don't it's th- a niche I, product. It, it was right? yeah. It's not meant to be sold yeah. in mass quantities. The guy is probably not sitting on a warehouse full of these. I hope not. I mean, it's probably, you know, it costs that much because he's sourcing the parts and putting them all in a sure. box for you. Or he's probably putting it together for this you is by from, himself. Uh, Woozle, by the way. So um, it's cool. But yeah, if he, I mean, selling a bunch probably isn't his intent. His intent is probably, hey, someone else wants this. 
cool. I've got sure. something for you. And you get so, the, the cool thing is that you can get all different colors of, of the casing for this. That, that's great. There's, there's like all different options, color options. There's about, wow, there's like 20 different color options over. You can get Golden Rush or High Five Blue, Ian. I like the High Five Blue uh, there. High Five Blue. I like that. That's a good sound. You like the High Five Blue? It's a good sounding name. I, color. What's cool is that also is that there, there's a built-in little Super Nintendo controller port. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's just a great idea. You, think, if you, you figure you, That is. Yeah, it's just a, it's a simple idea because you could have went cheap and just did, oh, we'll just do a USB out. It's like, no. Super Nintendo. You got a controller laying around? Throw it in there. You know, use it. Because basically it's like a Super Nintendo. It's like a portable Super Nintendo GPA when, when, you, get, when you get down to it. It's, 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 like, it's comparable. When it, when it comes to how the games look and, and you know the technical capabilities, am I, am I that off? It's it's, it's, it's in the ballpark uh, there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a cool device to have. That I, I I love that these exist, but this is something that you have to really love the GBA, and you are clamoring to play it on the TV. So I don't know if that means there's there's 500 people out there that want it. If there's 150, 200 people, you know, there's a thousand that want it. Three three fifty for it. Uh, all together, yeah, that, that's 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 going to be that's going to keep some people away. I think, yeah. So, I feel like we should probably jump to uh, the Patreon poll real quick because I'm going to have to get out of here in a minute, and we need to make but, sure that we do that. We don't have 15 minutes left. I we have 12 minutes, and I don't want to rush through it. So, okay, I'm just covering the bases. All right, this is a big topic. You want to skip though? I figured you might do it after we did. Okay, I guess I, I guess I can. All right, Ian, we have a Patreon. How do you access the, the CU Podcast Patreon? You go to patreon.com slash CU Podcast, and you look over what we offer to you, and you decide if it's worth your time. All right, well, in third place, if it's worth your time, well, there's a poll you can vote on each week. Uh, in third place, 15%, when will GameStop stop accepting PS3, 360, Wii and Wii U game systems for trade? In second place, 22%. What would your ideal game collection consist of if price was no object? These were these were these got a lot of votes last week. Both these, I wonder why. Maybe because the number one choice that Pat pulled out of his butt because <laughs> Ian wasn't around on the phone. What would it take to get the Ian's Happy Handhelds show? Ian, what would it take to get Ian's Happy Handhelds? Uh, a video game. The. First, we'd have to time travel back about five years. Okay. Because in this current market, in this current video game climate, I don't want to do anything that has to do with video games Why? other than I'm already doing You don't want to be a YouTuber? You don't want to stream? What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. People are just annoying. I don't want to deal with YouTube. The commenters or the environment? The environment, the commenters. Your colleagues stabbing us in the back? The whole ecosystem. The whole thing. The whole thing. It just makes me feel like a puddle of crap. Um, you don't you don't want someone that maybe you you met and and, and had great conversations with with their wife and then you a year later they stab you in the back for you know the booster YouTube channel you you don't you don't like dealing with that stuff no that would be awful that would be awful like that, that ever like happens uh, yeah but what it really comes down to is, is is equipment I don't have a passion for filming stuff or editing no it's not my thing I can do we audio editing that. but actual video editing. My brain doesn't do it right. Which is funny because audio editing and video editing isn't that far away in terms of how you do it on a, on no. a linear editor. But um, yeah, I just I it would be fun for me to sit down and talk about some of these old LCD and LED handhelds. Um, I just I don't have the passion for YouTube. I guess that would be required to do it. Um, 
I, 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 I scroll through. So it's not a monetary thing. If someone said we're going to give you two hundred and fifty dollars per episode to, to do this, you wouldn't do it. It so? would need to be more than two fifty. <laughs> um, it would be, need to be more than two. An investor came and said we're going to give you five thousand dollars for for a twelve episode season, of five to ten minutes of video. Would you do it, Ian? <laughs> Trying to get you five to-, to ten minutes of video. Yeah, I'd do that. Well, you have to also edit that video, not just... Yeah, know, it's well, be five produced. to ten minutes, I can, I can deal with that. Basically, what would get you to quit your day job? That's basically what, the, what this is asking this question almost. Yeah, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea what would get me to quit well, we my had the, day we had job. The, we had the Patreon goal on, on there for Ian's Happy Hey, if notes. it ever gets there, I'll fucking do it. Okay. So... <laughs> I mean, that, well, that, so that's is, how you is got that the it. short question? That, that is that is the short so, answer. So really, this is a, a self self serving marketing <laughs> question that we didn't. I didn't realize. I, did, I was going to say I wasn't behind it. <laughs> I wasn't either. Now I think about it. Well, I was, but I didn't think it would turn out this way. So the way you get Ian's happy handhelds is that you it's go, by give, it's by going to patreoncom slash podcast and giving us some money. Giving us some money. <laughs> In fact. Oh, did I drop the tear off? Did I drop that tear off? I might have to bring the tear back. Oh, no, it's not. Uh, we're 23% complete to the Ian's Happy Handhelds. Ian will produce a monthly video, a video uh, review show for YouTube featuring LED and LCD handheld games. Video content may not be limited to just these reviews, but may also include streams or other videos on topics pertaining to his interest. The goal would be for at least one video a month, most likely uploaded to his personal YouTube page. So... Get us to that goal, and, and you're going to get it. <laughs> and you'll get it. Because we're going to have to. Because It's it, on paper. Let's put it this way. It'll be enough money where Ian will have to yeah. do it at that point. Exactly. And maybe quit his day job or go down to one day a week if we hit that goal and take this shit seriously. All right. When it comes to Ian, Ian's happy handhelds. There's the, there's the That's answer. how you do it. All right. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. Now let's touch back to Mario. All right. We got seven and a half minutes. So, Ian. Pat. After after um, after too many games, I reported about the f- the fer- feverish feverish uh, new wave of collectors coming from the coin and and uh, comic market that yeah. are coming in because of WADA and Heritage Auctions and now Certified Link, where there are people that are now pumping money, lots of money, into getting sealed uh, NES Super Nintendo games, but they're also going for. Black box sticker seal original games. Right. So the sticker seals, if you didn't know, uh, for the first year or so before they did the, the you know cellophane seal, uh, they had sticker seals uh, on these games, and they had a couple of different versions uh, of sticker seals. Even when it comes to they have like uh, shinier sticker seals versus non shiny. I won't get into the differences. It's not as important. But what is important, Ian, is that a graded original Super Mario Brothers. Sticker sealed game just went for twenty two thousand dollars on auction. That usually does not include the the take of the auctioneer house, which is whatever between uh, ten to fifteen percent. It could be. Keep in mind, Ian. Remember the hundred thousand dollar sticker sealed Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, that was actually sealed. sealed and unopened. This is open. This has been opened, closed, and is graded at a six point which is about what I would grade it if you can have a comic scale on here. The sticker's still on it, but it's obviously opened and damaged. So $22,000 for a test market Super Mario Brothers. Now, these aren't common, these original Super Mario Brothers. Right. They never were that common. 
But the question now is that does this justify a $22,000 cost? To this person, it does. But long term, will this sort of market sort of dig in their heels and and sort of uh, exist? And not just for a game like this, but for a sticker sealed gyromite, which I own probably two or three of, and sticker sealed uh, duck hunt, which I own at least one of uh, original test market games, and for the rest, like Clue Clue Land and those. Will there be enough buyers to sustain this? Or does it even matter? Is there enough just to pump it up and, and hopefully it stays there for these high-end collectors? I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I know nothing really about this world. I just know, well, because it's separate from the video game world. It's quickly becoming separate. The collector the, world, yeah, it's separate. Yes. Um, collector world is, you know, something that is comprised of all sorts of things, and that's definitely its own thing. Comics, collect, you know, it's, that's a, there's, are there conventions just for collectors? Collectors cons? I mean, or there, that... Maybe there will be in the future. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I I don't know how to read into this. Well, they're, or uh, how... well, they're trying to create a golden age I get video that. game market. I get that. Yeah. I'm just wondering uh, if it's going to happen. Because it seems like doing so, there's a big chance for collapse and failure. Like, almost immediately. Well, yeah, because, because this is what I always said. 50 years from now, you're going to have to have people buying in to say that, well, the test market... Uh, 85 early 86 version that's the true version and pat's you know 1987 uh version over there that 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 you can buy anywhere for 30 dollars or 50 dollars that's garbage that's not what we want and and you have to have people's buy in to agree with that that the first edition of materially the same item the same video game you know that's what what the market will only want in the future that's what they're trying to establish. But there's not many games you can do that with. Right. There's, there just isn't. No. That are, are rare enough that people are going to care for that variant and are historically significant. Are people going to care uh, between the, the, the original Castlevania versus the re-release one that I probably have, the Rev A one that says on the bottom right? I don't know. Will there be enough people that care about that? Or they just want a Super Mario Brothers in the box, of which there's tons of out there. Right. Or Super Mario 3, or any of those sort of games. Will it matter to them? This is one of the few games where you can probably make the case for because it's Super Mario Brothers. But can you do the same for for uh, Legend of Zelda? Can you do the same for, for uh, you know, like... I don't know. Give me, give me a big nineties. I think, I think Zelda. Game. I think Zelda is one that you could do it for. You probably could. I, I think Nintendo. That's not going to be as, as uncommon as this, though. I think Nintendo properties Sealed. are things that you could maybe do this for. Black box games, Nintendo properties, all black box or uh, the very few. Oh, I think collectors could. They can make. They, they can, can make, make the a case. market. Well, oh, Wild yeah. Gunman, the first sticker seal version of i i think they can make a case for getting the black box ones and like i said nintendo properties but we're already kind of getting past that point at least with video game collectors where they care about the rare games that aren't good basically we're getting to the point where no one is coming in and buying up weird titles because they have a collection to complete they're back to kind of buying the the standard songbook sure um i don't know that this is going to be able to branch out into the weirder games. I think it's going to have to keep itself focused on, like I said, the properties that that, that exist and subsist. Right. Persist, not subsist. Subsist means they're eating. (laughs) They persist. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, uh, when you look at some of the other, uh, you have to like log in, I think to see the other, 
um, closed auctions. I, I, I think I logged, I think I, I created an account here. Let me see if I can log in here and get in here and, and just run through a couple of those. Okay, it's, it's interesting. Let's see, auctions, uh, home. How do I see the rest of these? I just, want to, I just want to run through a couple real quick. Certified video games. Uh, okay. So, for example, you have like graded eight eyes went for $600. Uh, Alien Syndrome went for only 130 So that's barely probably the cost of what it would be sealed. And then remember, it's like $50 to grade these. So, right. uh, Back to the Future, $750. Barbie, $845. Um, then you have some complete bottles. It's the Carolina collection. That sounds like Dane's stuff. They're trying to name it like they did with comic. They're trying to get get the co- comic confusion. Like, remember, like the Mountain High collection, and they found some old guys' collection from from you know eighty years ago. They name them. So it's interesting when you run through some of these. They vary widely. Like, oh, Beetlejuice uh, complete in box one hundred and eighty, but here's a sealed uh, blaster blaster for four forty. So they're trying to establish that any of these can be worth a lot of money. I think long term it's only going to be a few. Yes, that's what I would agree with. Yes, like here's a Bomberman sealed like for, comics. Here's a Bomberman sealed for a thousand. Are people gonna be clamoring for that original Bomberman on the NES? Bomberman's a, a fairly popular series, but are people really gonna go back and say, "Well, that's the important Bomberman that started it all"? Mm. Or 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 they want a Cobra Command or a Color a Dinosaur complete in box only went for three fifty uh, complete in box. It's interesting that. It seems like they these guys only really want the sealed ones. Great, yeah. like they don't because a uh, uh, color of dinosaur over three fifty would be a decent deal, not graded. Yeah, it's interesting how it's playing out early on. That's all I'm going to say. But if you think people are going to want a, a dark man sealed twenty five years from now for 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 a few thousand dollars, I'm gonna I'm just gonna make the bet that they won't they won't. Yeah, that that investment may not come back, and that's what a lot of these things are. These are investments. These are not necessarily collectors that want these there, there could be some of them but this is the the, the the mindset of i'm making my money back on these long term i believe all right ian's getting antsy he's going to call his lift i am while he does that uh we're going to remind people and your your your, your friends pop in the store that don't listen to the podcast we're going to be at long island Retro- they're just listeners friends they're just listeners customers well they're not listening enough obviously <laughs> to, to the podcast or watching segments but we'll be at a long island retro gaming expo uh in four weeks from now wow that's going to be August 10th and 11th. I'll be at a uh, week, week before that in Missouri, August 3rd. And then PRGE, the Purge, Ian, the, the annual Purge. purge. We're going to have to we have to book our tickets. That's that's only three months out at this point. Oh, my God. we got to get going on that. Good times. Good times. Uh, so, yeah, so if you want Ian's happy handhelds, it's a, it's a Patreon goal. We'll, we'll see if it gets there. All, All right. right. Pay attention to me, Ian. You're on a podcast still. Be professional. Yeah, you always pay attention to me. Uh, well, you know, I do my research while you're talking. Uh, for Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Contry. We'll see you in a week. Maybe we'll run into you at Comic-Con. 